Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold, and I'm awfully glad to be with you today. Hope you had a great weekend. I always look forward to Mondays. I love Mondays because I love a good start to the week, and I try to be as optimistic as I can be, see if that lasts all the way through Tuesday. That's one of the goals for sure. But uh, to get Monday started, I always like to start off on a lighter note with my friend Patrick Albanese. And after that, the Monday afternoon mix will be uh, following as it always does. So I'm looking forward to hour one. Lots of good things happening in hour two, but I will, uh, I'll wait to tell you about that in just a minute. Patrick is a comedian and a friend of mine, longtime friend, who lives in the great state of Iowa. And he's uh, with us from the prestigious town of West Des Moines. Patrick, welcome. Thank you. I uh, I am in what could be mistaken for a good mood. Oh, so, fantastic! Yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to lead anybody on, but uh, I may come across as chipper. <laughs> I love that, and that's contagious. Just so you know, it's yeah, not going to yeah, work on me. But it's not going to work on me. But it is contagious. You know, you've been one of my test subjects for years. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, one day I I will crack that veneer. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. So yeah. sometimes on Mondays when we talk, we we pick a variety of topics. And um, yeah. my uh, one of my listeners, Judith, said that she uh, found what you talk about when it came to your step counter uh, was very true. She's a step counter herself and also mm-hmm. that she uh, has a clutter issue and that we talked about that in a very productive way. So uh, you're helping yeah. people, many people. Well. You should see the collection of step counters I now have. <laughs> <laughs> kind of combining the the two problems, the clutter and the step counter. Uh, you know, it's funny. I I bought my first one. I bought. I said I invested like thirty dollars in a little cheapy, and loved it so much. And when it broke, uh, it took me a few days. Uh, to, I mean, I was going to have to order one, and they'd say it'd take a few days. And I said, no, I must have one now. <laughs> And so I spent about $200 for the next one because I had to have it now because I didn't want to miss any steps. And uh, so and I was afraid to walk to the place because I said, can I get credit for the steps walking to the store between my my broken step count? I found that if I attached the old broken one, if I put it in my sock, it continued counting the steps till I put the new one on my wrist. Yeah. So those are some of the areas of help that I need. Uh, and I don't know if there is help for me. Yeah. I don't know if there is. So I was looking at some photos you sent me over the weekend, and your deck looked like Christmas in August. We, Tell me what we, happened in West Des Moines. It, uh, so we had a hailstorm. Now, we had one about six weeks ago, but this one, uh, there were a couple that were almost baseball size. Uh, and we've got a little pergola in back that has a canopy that goes across the top, which now if you've watched, you know, any of these movies where lasers shoot from the sky, <laughs> right. penetrate the roof of a building. Yes. 
that that is exactly what that canopy top now looks like. You know, it wasn't an expensive thing, and it's worth even less now <laughs> with about two dozen tears and rips as giant balls of ice came raining down, covered the deck. Uh, it, it, just, it looked like it had snowed. Mm-hmm. It looked like we had an inch of snow on the back deck, and it all happened in a matter of minutes. Uh, cars were inside, and uh, of course, now I can see I can deal with the the deluge of ice raining down from the sky. You know, uh, I, I assume that people have dealt with stuff like that forever. What I cannot deal with, and what there are no tools e- that can equip you for this, is the deluge of roofers that come knocking <laughs> on your door. <laughs> Yeah. And it started within an hour of the storm. Huh. The 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 phone started ringing, you know, so and and I don't know why I haven't learned. I haven't learned my lesson, you know. Uh my phone is it used to be unknown caller. Remember that and you'd say, oh, "Well, yeah. unknown is probably a friend." And then they upgraded the, the the intelligence on these phones got better. It says potential spam. Now, does that stop me from answering? I says, that's just potential spam. It just says potential. <laughs> it might not really be a spam. Oh. So, of course, every time you, you answer, it's, uh, you know, Joe from Joe's Roofing. Right. And, uh, you know, my, my phone is now smart enough to just says, do not answer this <laughs> call. <laughs> yeah. Just, so, uh, but, of course, you can't keep them from knocking on the door. And they all do the same thing. They ring the doorbell and then they take a bunch of steps away so that uh, you can't, I guess, attack them. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> They're about 20 feet away and they say, hey. And I say, hey, you're number nine. Oh, you're funny. number nine. I'm sorry. Today, 10th caller wins. I am so sorry. You're so close. Uh-huh. Try again tomorrow. Uh, and, it, you know, of course, you know, none of them seem to have a truck of any kind. You know, you, it's like, are you local? I, and one guy gives me his business card. I think, well, five one five area code is Des Moines. Five. Wait a minute. This is five one. Five. The, where's the other five? Oh, that's the country code. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you go five one. Where, what is he? He says that's Peru. I said, oh, you're you're a Peruvian roofer. Fantastic. <laughs> I assume that uh, you want the deposit up front. So I I don't know how to keep them away. And it finally dawned on me as I looked down the street driving home today. I see dozens of roofer signs out on people's yards. And I think, wow, this must work. They all hired the roofer. The wow. roofer came, checked out. And, and then I realized, no, no, you put a roofer sign out front and the rest of them stay away. <laughs> so, <laughs> as soon as we're done, I'm going to go to the FedEx Kinko's, print up a sign that says, you know, a Johnson Roofing Company. Yeah. And I'm going to stick it in my front yard, and that will stop it. Yeah. Well, that's... I'm hoping. I'm hoping. It's good thinking. Yeah, yeah. You have to say, oh, somebody beat you to it. I've, it's booked. Sorry. Yeah. Well, you got to appreciate the hustle. The people are, are trying to take advantage of a situation, so... Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's it. You now, I mean, I don't know. You know, we've had construction going on on our street now for three years and they're always falling behind. So I I don't trust anybody to get a job done in a timely fashion anymore. And all the at our city council meeting, they said, well, we penalize the construction companies for being late. Oh, that's fantastic. Did they pay it? Oh, no, we don't enforce it. <laughs> <laughs> I said, are they aware that you don't enforce it? Yes, they are. Yeah. 
Ah, okay. So hence, we are two years behind schedule right now in getting our street done. Yeah. Patrick Albanese is my guest. He's uh, my friend that we start Mondays off with because I always like starting off on a lighter note. And Patrick, I think I sent you over the weekend an article that came in the Minneapolis paper about churches trying to be quite um, inventive, trying to draw people back. And they're having, the headline says, with drive-in movies, barbecues, and axe throwing, Twin Cities (laughs) churches aim to beckon people back. What about uh, beckon people back with Jesus? Well, there's a concept for a church. So the axe throwing has uh, apparently replaced face painting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I get get how they used to do that. We like, hey, we'll paint your kids' faces. They'll they'll look, they're going to look just like a Bengal tiger when they're done here. Uh huh. Grr, you know. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, I mean, you know, I, I know I've told this story before. Uh, you know, years ago, I remember saying to my mom, well, I, you know, she was like, why don't you meet a nice, a nice girl at the church? She doesn't really, she never spoke that way, but I mean, with that kind of accent, right. you know, but, um, and I was like, oh, I don't think, uh, you know, God wants me, you know, hanging out at church to, to, to meet someone to date. And she says, well, I don't know, you know, if God cares what got you in the church, he just wants you in there. Right. So I guess if axe throwing gets you into the church, if you say, you know, come come for the axe throwing, stay for the Jesus, if that works, mm. who are we to judge? I don't know. It just. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of curious. I, you know, but I, I'm like you. I'm, I'm a big fan of why not say you want to hear the truth? <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, I'm I'm just kind of curious as to how listeners feel about this idea. Now, I, I'm I'm a fan of community building, and if you're going to, you know, maybe draw a family who would normally never go uh, to a church uh, yard, that would step onto something because they were they they were feeling welcomed. Of course, that would be a, a lovely thing, of course. But I'm curious as to how listeners feel about something like this. Good idea or not a good idea? I'm kind of curious. If you have well, a you, thought, text it over, 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. I interrupted, Patrick. You were saying what? No, no, that's okay because you, you want to get the text line out there. I mean, axe throwing uh, in its defense is very popular right now. Yeah, it I is. keep seeing people talk about it. And so maybe what the church is you know, somebody says, hey, let's take the family out. Let's go axe throwing tonight. <laughs> Every place else is booked. Appears the only place that has no line is the local church. <laughs> so, you know, okay, let's just, you know, head on up. Look at those burgers. We're pretty good, too. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you know, my church does, there were times, and, and I know it's really tempting sometimes to say to a church, what are you doing, you know, putting carnival rides up and bounce houses and you're giving away food and all that money could be used to help the poor. And, and and I used to say those things. And in my church, I found out how much they did to help the poor. And they said, you know, this isn't, we don't just, we're not just here to, just to help the poor. We want to reach people because we're here to save souls. Right. And so uh, we want them to come here and we want to make, make it an inviting place. And I said, well, I, I, I can't disagree with that. If, if this gets people out and they say, you know, this is a church I think I want to check out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's your opine. I'm curious what other people think. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what your thoughts are. 
888-528-2484. My guest is Patrick Albanese, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. We'll take a short break and be right back. Faith Radio and Afternoons with Bill podcasts are available because of listener support. If you are a supporter, thank you so much. Becoming a supporter today by visiting MyFaithRadio.com. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. Welcome to the show. Glad you are with me today. If you just joined me, my guest is Patrick Albanese. He's my friend uh, from the great state of Iowa. I always like talking to Patrick. Um, Patrick, it looks like in December, Dr. Fauci is going to retire. Now he's finally getting around to it. Yep. And, and it's, uh, it's, yeah, he's late 70s now. 81. That's very late 70s. That's <laughs> That's extreme, the, extremely that, late 70s. Extremely late 70s, yeah. yes. Yeah. So, wow. So why now? I, I don't know, but 40 plus years of service. So thank you for uh, serving and probably an okay idea to, to uh, retire and enjoy. Go enjoy the rest of your life, huh? You know, he was the highest paid uh, government employee. Was. He still is. Yes. Who's till December when I'm thinking it's going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do to get that kind of money? Okay. You mean if I were to take over that job? Yes. I go, okay. I, I don't think I can, you know, I don't have, I'm not a doctor. I don't yeah. have the knowledge. I, I don't have any experience. What I do have is a better price. <laughs> much, <laughs> much better. I will cost you half as much. Yeah. So you're, and, you're willing uh, to come in at a little bit better price. I'm willing to come in at a better price. And I may, I'm going to have to work on the math a little bit because I, it, at best I could probably deliver some of the administrative work, you know, about, about 25% of what the job calls for. I might be able to fake my way through, so I should probably come in at about 25% of what he gets paid. And I would say all other things being equal, it's a pretty good deal. Yeah. What do you think my chances are? I should uh, probably uh, polish up that resume. Slim to not ever going to happen. And I assume Slim is long, le- long ago left the room. <laughs> Slim is no longer in the building. Slim is no longer left the building. Yeah, you know, I always remember the back in the days that you, you, there was always a, every like country band had a guy named Slim. That's true. Yeah, my yeah. my uncle was part of the uh, it was Hank Newman and the Georgia Crackers, and they had a guy named Slim. Oh. I remember. When we were kids and we got to Columbus, Ohio, and, you know, the old band would get together and we would see there was Slim. And, and he was, in fact, very slim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that, we don't have, you know. That's no, the reason no for the nickname. Yeah. 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 So well, okay. they had to say, you know, what? We don't, this is what we're missing. We're missing a slim guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. A couple of thoughts came in on the text line. I uh, one says, I think it depends on the motivation. If the goal is to reach people and introduce them to Jesus, I think some of those things could be okay. If the goal mm-hmm. is just to fill the church back up because the seats are empty or to be the hip and cool 
church in the area, that could be a question mark. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because then what other will, yeah, will you compromise other things saying, you know, here's one of the things that will make us hip and cool, not preaching. Yeah. It seems things like people, sometimes people get, get, can get a little uncomfortable with the truth. And so we could attract a lot more people if we just didn't speak the truth. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, that's not what we're called to do. Yeah. And a couple of people are a little concerned about the axe throwing, like what kind of clientele might you attract? Um, yeah. So that's I, another concern. Have, have you been to the Renaissance Fair? I have not been in a long time. Yeah, yeah. It's it starts here in a couple of weeks, and so the you know one of the only things that my wife and I disagree on is going to the Renaissance Fair. I won't go, and she insists that we go uh, because you can see people throw axes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not enjoy spake a thing in yield English? I no huzzah for the tipper. I don't even know. I I don't know what some of these words mean. And uh, if you've ever the Renaissance Fair here, by the way, you have to walk past the encampment where the people who populate the Renaissance Fair and play the parts have been sleeping in a tent for the, <laughs> for the last four months. I I won't say much uh-huh. other than there there are no showers. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. What about but, the uh, old state fair? I think it's firing up this week here in the Twin Cities. I think it opens this week. I and I think. I was ahead of us. So it's going on now, right? It uh, ended yesterday. It yesterday ended was yesterday. The, it was the last chance to go. And, and did you make you it? You know, technically, yes. What does that mean? Explain. Okay. I managed to go to the state fair when there were no people. <laughs> so I, this was something I didn't even know. A, a couple of days before the fair opened, uh, my wife says, let's, let's pile the kids up in the car. Um, and let's go drive to the state fair. I said, well, they're setting up, you know, and you can't go in. She says, oh, you can go in and you can drive around. Well, and sure enough, we found a door open and they just waved us on in because they must have assumed we were setting something up. And we drove through the entire state fair, every nook and cranny really? of it. Yeah, even like the midway where, where the carnival rides are, there are those guys setting up those rides. And just so you know, they're about as unsafe as you suspected. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people always joke about, you know, who are the kind of guys that set these things up? Well, I have now seen them. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we drove the, in, I think we spent a half hour in there. Everywhere we used to have to walk that would take a full day, we drove in a half hour. We saw people setting up the booths. Here's the corn dog place. Here's the deep fried Twinkie. Here's the deep fried Pepto-Bismol on a stick. Uh, you know, all the good stuff. And even areas I never even knew existed. You go, there's there's an entire barn dedicated to horseshoes. And it's way off the beaten path. Uh, you have to take a horse to get there, it turns out. So, uh, but it, it was actually kind of fun. And by the time we left, I said, I kind of did the state fair. I think I'm done. Oh, and you never had to get out of your car. I, it was, it was air conditioned comfort. And we, I said, I think we saw everything that, you, you know, we saw people bringing their animals in to show. I said, this was great. Yeah, but I, there was no food. Which, by the way, 
if you've ever bothered to look up the calorie count of the one ice cream treat that I happen to love to get, I said, well, I'll go to the state fair to get this ice cream. What is it? This pepper, it's, it's a Bowder's peppermint ice cream bar. So it's a, a thick slab of peppermint ice cream, approximately two inches thick, <laughs> about three inches square, uh, dipped in fudge, and then Oreo cookie crumbs and served to you in its 1,450-calorie delight. Wow. It's 1,450 calories for one Some, item. Yes. But I often allow the kids to have a bite. Oh, okay. So I probably only consume, you know, 1,250 of the, of the calories. And if they want more, I say, look, I'm watching your weight for you. I better take care of this. This is a job for dad. Yeah. 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 Well, so, uh, uh, yeah, it, I didn't get to eat the food, but it maybe was better for me to skip it one year. I have a physical coming up, and I know that state fair food sticks with you for about a month. <laughs> My yeah. blood work would come out a little bit. They'd say, I don't know what you've eaten, but this does not look healthy. Yeah. So They usually have, like, cholesterol testing at the fair. It's right next to the booth where they sell the deep-fried avocados wrapped in bacon and dipped in cheese. Yes. Uh, now, the cholesterol, t- it's not a blood test. They just take a microphone and they put it next to your heart. <laughs> <laughs> and they, li- they listen for crackling sounds. <laughs> and uh, the louder the crackle. Uh, <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing at that, but I am. Yeah. It's, well, because that's that's how decadent some of that food can be. You, you, you say, I, I actually don't feel well. But boy, did it taste good. <laughs> yeah. That dessert you described does sound pretty good because I, I, peppermint ice cream is a lot of people's favorite. I I had never even really bothered to try it. I thought, oh, I, peppermint, what what's so special about that? Ooh, yo, you dip it in some fudge and some <laughs> or, or cookie crumbs and there you go. Yeah. It was, it was pretty exquisite. Well, I appreciated some of the texts that came in, and we're talking about ways to attract people back to church. And this article that I saw that I passed on to Patrick, which I thought I thought was interesting, and kind of a mixed blend of response from uh, listeners, which I appreciate. And mm-hmm. most people are saying, you know, if if it gets people in the door, wonderful. But again, I think Rosie was saying you got to be able to be preaching. You got to make sure you're preaching the truth. Yeah. And, well, that's ultimately what people are going to stay for. Right. And If you don't preach the truth, they leave. Right. And Rosella texted me and said, hey, it's Patrick's segment. I didn't know we were supposed to send thoughtful texts. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, that, no, that, I get it, I get it. that might have been, was that uh, sort of a dig? I don't even know. No, no, no. It was our, no, no. our segment's designed to be playful. And I asked it kind of a thoughtful playful. question. And so, You no. did ask it. Yes. And here's a, yes, uh, a, a little thing is summer draws to a close. I found out uh, today that uh, the endless cup of iced tea at my health club ends this weekend. Wow. So you, you pay $40 for a cup. And then every time you go, you get free tea. It ends this weekend. So uh, yesterday I went in and I put as much iced tea in my pockets as I could (laughs) (laughs) before Uh, I left because I want my dollar's worth. I get it. Patrick, thanks so much. Have a great rest of the day. Thanks, you too. All right. Patrick Albanese has been my guest. We'll take a break and we'll come back. The Monday afternoon mix continues with Pastor David Miles and Rosie B. 
It is time for the Monday, Monday, Monday afternoon mix. Pastor David Miles and Rosie B. were currently assembling the team as I speak. So we've got a couple minutes before we're going to be joined by David Miles. But Rosie B. is here. And Rosie, how are you? I am doing so well. Good. I was looking at John 8, verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Isn't that the most beautiful thing? I love the word never. I know. Because our world's kind of dark, Bill. And, you know, we just, you know, keeping our eyes on the Lord, I think that's a huge part of what, you know, he, when Peter got out on the water and the, and he started looking at the chaos around him and he lost his faith and Jesus, you know, just basically said, keep your eyes on me. (laughs) So true. Right. So true. And if you have signed up for the Strong in Battle online study, way to go. You can still do that. And it's a Susie Larson online study of her book, Strong in Battle, Why the Humble Will Prevail. And it features emails with portions of the book, study questions, and a prayer, plus a weekly live stream. And it's, you can all do that for free. That was such a great interview. She was on with you a couple of weeks ago. Yep. And... Uh... Really empowered by the Holy Spirit, that yep. woman. And you can do that at MyFaithRadio.com. And if you've not gotten the Faith Radio app, I really encourage you to do it. It's a great way to stay connected to Faith Radio no matter where you are. And you can always open the app and listen live or on demand. So you can download that free app at your app store. I want to say uh, no more further delay. It is now time for the Monday, Monday, Monday afternoon mix. Pastor David Miles, how are you, brother? Hey, man. Good. How are you doing? Rosie B. David, we were we were uh, biding some time. You're so you biding could, some time, yeah, so you could get in here because productively, pro- productive very productively, very, Man. very productively. We might, we might get attaboys from Ben and we Carissa. Might. You, you we, know what? We, we I, might. I think you will, and I'm telling you, man. I mean, whew, you know, even I'm glad I left earlier, earlier, and uh, you know, had the um, joy of a Lina um, ambulance coming by us. Ooh. Did you, you know, pray? So, Yes, definitely prayed. And so, you know, um, each day is a gift. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a gift of God. And and, uh, let's continue to um, enjoy that. And, uh, you know, God has given us um, a gift of life. And let us give back to him our life uh, as a gift to him in service of others. And David, I'll have you comment too on John 8, 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Mm. How beautiful is that? I mean, just think about that verse. You know, it's so very... That's your promise. Well, it is such a rich promise. And, you know, um, with so many things, you know, happening today, just causing like a fog, you know, we used to have a saying um, in preaching that a a mist in the pulpit is a fog in the pew. So that was a, a commitment to diligently, you know, um, commit ourselves to properly and faithfully exegeting the Word of God to faithfully feed His people. Um, and that if something was kind of confusing for you, um, that even how you can communicate it can just be such a fog. And today, you know, there's much fog and darkness going on uh, in communication. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, knowing that Jesus is the light of the world, um is is major and you guys know a few weeks ago was up in the boundary waters and uh it's it's incredible when you're out in something that dark like waking up in the middle of the night 
and you're you're waving your hand in front of your face and you literally cannot see your hand. Crazy. And for, you can feel it, but you can't see it. And then you just turn on one little small light and it's it's huge. See, that, that won't happen to me in the Boundary Waters because I'd have a nightlight in my cabin. Like they have and do portages, yeah. right? Like to yes. be in a tent that deep where yeah. you can't even see your hand, yeah, that scares me. Yeah. Are you saying portaging for you is getting on the first floor of an elevator and going up to the second or third floor? Well, yeah, that's a really <laughs> yeah. I actually like that too. So we're going to get back into Sermon on the Mount. We've been at this for uh, what a year now. Yeah, that's it's, amazing. It's been a year, and and you know, back to uh, the last before this one. Um, Boundary Waters trip yeah. uh, with my two oldest sons, uh, DJ and uh, Jackson and some other dads and um, grandfathers and, and things like that. That was super good. And um, DJ led our study, our devotional time on Sermon on the Mount. And it was just, you know, it was just very impactful. Left um, an impact on dad, that's for sure. It did. And dad I mean, turns around and makes it into a year-long devotional on the radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think still should have had him here because I think he... You know, would do it. I learn a lot from my kids. I mean, like I'm, I'm just, I'm blessed. Um, and you know, it's important for us to remember uh, that you know you have some very wise, um, just wisdom coming out of kids today. You know, and sometimes they they kind of get a, you know, a bad rap, and they say, but people say, well, this generation, and it's like, you know, no, I'm I'm still reading through you know, Kings and Chronicle, and you see someone like Joash, who was like, you know, uh, eight years old, coming to the throne and just reforming things. So it's it's an encouraging reminder for us to be asking and listening to young people's voices. Um, and there's a powerful word that God has Amen. in and through them. Let's jump into the teaching, because I love your teaching. Well, the teaching is just the word of God. I know, but we're, we're still working <laughs> our way through a little bit left of the sermon. On, we on we the are map. in this last part. And, yeah. you know, what's really wild about this is that as Jesus is closing out, um, you know, the Sermon on the Mount, he's giving these these fairly um, different contrasts. You know, you got two trees, you got two different types of prophets, you got two types of disciples, you got two different roads, and... Um, you know, for some people, they, they, you know, when you have these two, they might remember uh, the words from Robert um, Frost, the road not yet taken, you know, and, uh, you know, you know, the, the two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and I'm sorry, I could not travel both and be one traveler long I stood and looked down one far as I could. There went, it bent under the undergrowth. And I just made a whole bunch of English and literary people upset because I did not read that in the right cadence. Um, but I know, that, I'm mad. I know, yeah. I can tell. Dude, <laughs> oh, yeah. you are, you're on fire. Oh, yeah, you can tell. Smoking right yeah. above but, his ears. But you know how it ends? It, it ends with that two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. You know, and today, in, in a similar way, Frost, many, many years after Jesus writing that, brings us to our passages we're closing out today where Jesus is talking about two different types of builders. And, uh, you know, Bill, do you you want to start us off in verse 24? Yes. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, 
The streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. Keep going? Yeah. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Mm. Mm. Amen. So in this, we see that we have these two structures. You know, we have a house that's built upon the rock. We have a house that's built upon the sand. And, uh, you know, several years ago, um, back in 2018, so, you know, my wife and I, we built a house. And, uh, you know, it was really, had never done that. Due to the market, it ended up being that it actually was really a break even with the market of buying existing or actually building. And so how we like to have our family times together and found a good group, we went ahead and did that. But I remember like, you know, bringing a friend of mine over, a guy named Scott Manstead, neat, godly believer and leader um, from one of the churches I served at here in the Twin Cities. And, you know, he had his own construction company just really detailed and stuff. And I remember telling him, I'm like, uh, Scott, we're doing this. And he's like, dude, let me come over. And, and I was like, Whew, having someone who knows. And I remember us walking around after they had poured the foundation and him just checking all of these various um, nooks and crannies and how it was set and how things were looking. And he was like, you know, Dave, this looks really good because the foundation is everything. You know, and so oftentimes um, you can have a lot of cosmetics and you can even slap on uh, paint. And I know there's some of our listeners who, you know, have had homes where it's like, hey, it looked refreshed and everything. But then to find out that there were cracks in the foundation and it's caused a lot of a lot of issues. And so what Jesus is getting here, too, is the importance of those who hear his words but not just hear his words, it is that they put them into practice. You know, guys, the last time we were together, um, we talked about one of the um, saddest and most frightening, you know, verses in Scripture. And it's uh, in verses 21 through 23 where Jesus uh, says that on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, do mighty, many mighty works in your name. And he says, I will declare to them. And actually that word declare, actually, it literally means that Jesus will confess. Like he will, They're making a confession of all the things. And he's saying, I will confess to them. I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Other uh, um, passages says, you evildoers. And this is a this is a really important thing here to understand, even for those who've been following along in the Sermon on the Mount, and for us as as we're here. Jesus doesn't say, "Hey, you're evil sayers," he's saying, "You're evil doers." And in that last passage, they're talking about, "Hey, didn't we say this in your name? Didn't we do this in your name, using your name?" But he's saying, "You did not obey." And as much as people want to to get around this obedience is a key thing. Mm. 
you so know. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so like even as you've been listening to this to this last year of being um, in the Sermon on the Mount, um, Jesus is making a strong point here that it's not just listening. He's saying those who listen to my words and put them into practice, they will be like the man who builds his house on a rock, that when the storms come and when the, when the rains come and when the winds come, it reveals that it's built on a foundation. And see, trials are going to come in our life uh, that will reveal what we're building upon. Now, we're not talking about, like, work salvation. Now, we're not saying, like, we can work our way because we can't. You know, there is no name given to man under heaven, Acts 4.12, that men may be saved but the name of Jesus. And it's that we do confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus rose from the dead. But it's important to note that the fruit of that, that reality, is walking uh, in obedience with him. And so, like, you know, um, Jesus said in John 14, um, verse, verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You know, David, as you're saying that, um, I remember early in my walk, with Christ, you know, some 20 years ago, I remember reading and every knee will bow and hearing in my spirit, including yours, you know, bowing to selfishness, bowing to if prayer needed fasting, bowing to not being anxious and trusting the Lord, bowing to not judging others. I mean, the whole sermon on the mount is all about bending your knee in obedience so that you just don't know it in your head that from your heart, it changes your actions. Because we all want to do the exact opposite of what Sermon on the Mount says, right? That's our natural yeah. condition. Yeah, you've heard it said. Like we want to hold on to anger, you know. You we we want to you know uh, return evil for evil. Uh, we want to do unto others before they can do unto us, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. And 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 God and and what we're seeing here is very much a kingdom. Um, God's kingdom principles, but also his kingdom lifestyle. We're seeing the heart of the Father because Jesus doesn't do that, you know, with us, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You know, my kids always crack up. They're like, Dad, you can say, yes, all means all, and that's all that all means. And then it goes on in Romans 3.24 that says that God gave his son as a propitiation for our sins in order that through him righteousness might be shown that he might be just as well as the justifier of those who have faith in him. Just in that God does not wink at sin. He doesn't just say, hey, nothing to see here. He's like, no, sin's real. Mm-hmm. And the wage of sin is death. And the soul that sins will die. And so he's like, that. that's real. But he's also the justifier in that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Mm. All right. We'll take a little break, but I want to tease what's coming up next, David, because I might see if you want to stick around for a little bit, because we have William Edgar joining the show. Did you know that? No. Oh, and he's written a book called A Supreme Love, The Music of Jazz and the Hope of the Gospel. And he's Ooh. and he says jazz. The music of jazz cannot be properly understood apart from the Christian gospel. That's coming up next. Wow! But we'll be back with more Monday afternoon mix with 
Pastor David Miles and Rosie B. in just a minute. We want to pray for you. We all need prayer. We would love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer, and we pray for specific listener requests every week. Share your prayer request with us anonymously and securely on our website at myfaithradio.com. Welcome to the Monday Afternoon Mix, Pastor David Miles, Rosie B. Boy, that was a fast and furious break we had with nonstop talking that we did. Yes. I, I often feel like I should be recording I our breaks agree. because they're, they're God's gold in there. Ah, there's some good stuff in there, yeah. But David, let's talk about the intellectual ascent. There's people that are maybe intellectually persuaded, but they're not spiritually transformed. Yeah, you know... Um, I'm actually, you know, even as you brought this up, something just literally just popped into my mind right now. And, uh, and I want to give a, a big thank you, um, to a dear brother named Will Porter in Fargo. He was my evangelism explosion mentor. And I'm having the opportunity of mentoring his sons like daughters for Tammy cool. and I. But, you know, when we would talk about faith, you know, sometimes we, we have this intellectualized view. Like we'll say, Oh, you know, I have, I have, you know, faith for this and faith for that. And it's the idea like you can have faith that a chair can hold you up. Like you can say, I see four, I see four legs, you know, and I can see the curve of the back and it's got these little stoppers. It doesn't tell up the four, but it's not until you actually sit in it. Like you commit yourself, your heart, your mind, your will, and even your physical body to truly rest in that that you're really, you know, using faith because up until that moment. And so sometimes people will, will intellectualize our faith and it's like, oh, well, um, yeah, I, I, know, I know about God or I know Jesus or I, I, I know faith or, you know, well, I know religion or, you know, that might work for you and I have kind of like my own faith uh, type of thing. And it's like, well, you know, God helps those who help themselves. You know that old saying that's <laughs> in the Bible. That's yeah. not in the Bible. No. no. You know, we, we can't help ourselves. So we kind of get this kind of intellectual scent. And earlier, Jesus is saying it's not just mere verbal, uh, verbal assent. And here he's saying it's not just mere intellectual scent, but it's the commitment of the heart, the mind, and the soul that is actually lived out in action. Earlier we read John 14 that he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Well, love is a verb and a verb is action. You know, so it, it fleshes its way out in how we love one another, how we treat one another, our disposition, our attitude, our, our service to one another. And, and again, if you're feeling today like, you know, I really don't have that. Hey, great. You're with great company because mm-hmm. that's what the gospel is about. It's it's God and Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit putting in us that which we don't have to live out this gospel truth, to live out God's kingdom values in a way that transforms us and the world around us. Well, and that's the part of walking with the Holy Spirit. And, and as you 
so eloquently used the word faith, to walk with the Holy Spirit in faith that when you are in a blind spot, when you are not aware that you're not following in action what your mind is telling you or what your heart already knows, that the Holy Spirit then does a work in your life and brings you conviction, not condemnation, not guilt, but all of a sudden you have a little, I think people often say a check in your spirit, and I don't know how else to describe that, but it's something that all of a sudden you just start thinking about differently, and you have more of an awareness of where you've stepped, where God would like to step you into more alignment with what he is saying through the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, and and Rosie, you bring up the Holy Spirit in John 16, um, 18, or 16, 8, he says, and when he comes, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. You know, and one of the things that's incredible about the Lord is that like the devil, when he when he seeks the guilt and, and mm-hmm. do toxic shame, he's like, you, you're pond scum and you know what, you're, all, you're never going to change and this is the way you are. But the Lord, when he brings a healthy conviction and a healthy type of shame saying, no, I, I made you for more than this, when he taps on us, it's like, you know what? I've made you for more of this. Just like I said, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that is, and also, by the way, I want to help you, you know, come to me, all who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Learn from me. Take my yoke upon you. And, you know, and so like when the Lord brings conviction and Hebrews 12 talks about that, when the Lord disciplines that he's doing it like a loving father. And I know that there are those that have had really bad experiences with fathers. And uh, I was on the phone, had a conversation, Zoom call today with someone I know, and they were explaining just some of the, the really wild dynamics of their relationship with their dad. You know, but God is a good father, and he's a perfect father, and God is not a man that he should lie. And he's not this capricious kind of bully. Um, he's a God who loves you and truly wants your very best. Nicely spoken, David. It's beautiful. It really is. I it's, love it's sitting a, in this such room. a timely word. And I know there's people that are listening that are wondering, have I had an intellectual assent or have I put my full faith, full trust and given Jesus my full allegiance? It's a great, great question. Well, it's not a question. I think if you're asking that of yourself right now, yeah. it's a question prompted by the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. It is. He's the one who takes us out of our blind spots. And yep. Matthew fifteen, thirteen, I believe, says all plants not planted by God shall be uprooted. So saith the son. And I think those, I guess what I'm trying to get at is we don't have to be afraid if we have intellectual ascension or yeah. spiritual ascension or you, you know, whatever it is, if we've walked away from the gospel and from what Jesus has asked of us, then it is as quick as I am sorry, Holy Spirit, help me mm-hmm. to be put back on the right track or let me see where I am blind in my actions. Yeah. You know, uh, we're getting ready to start the school year and we'll be doing a class on leadership for transformation. And one of our texts is just a fascinating book by Rich Villodos, Villodos, I'm sorry, uh, senior pastor of New Life Fellowship in, in Queens, where Peter Scazzaro, who used to do, who does emotional healthy spirituality, was the founding pastor. But I remember something really neat that uh, in the book, and I, I think it was on the topic of prayer, 
Um, and he was saying, like, you know, sometimes you'll pray or you're, you're, you're looking to do something, and, and when you feel like you don't quite make it, you're like, oh, man, you know, I messed up. You know, I, I messed up. I just didn't do it. I fell asleep, you know. And he said one, one person said to him, said, Rich, you know, each of those are opportunities. Instead of, like, beating ourselves, those are opportunities that the Lord is using to draw us back to himself. Mm. So instead of it's like, oh, man, I'm Ponscum, you know, and the enemy will say, like, oh, I can't believe that you fell asleep, you know, or whatever. But that it's really an opportunity where, where the, the Lord is calling and saying, come to me, come to me. And it's like, wow, Lord, I have an opportunity by your grace and your strength for your glory to refocus on you and to draw from your sweet grace and, and to come to you. You know, because you've not gone anywhere. It's oftentimes us that we've gone someplace. But this whole Sermon on the Mount, as Jesus is this master, you know, teacher, it, the word there is that when the people heard it, they were literally dumbfounded. Wow. They, they were just blown away because he wasn't teaching like religious, you know, people. He was calling them uh, to God's kingdom, but also calling them to a heavenly father who loves them. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice, David. Don't run away because uh, William Edgar's up next, and he's written a book called A Supreme Love, The Music of Jazz and the Hope of the Gospel. And it's got a forward by Carl and Karen Ellis, people I'm very fond of. So I'm excited to meet him, and I'm excited to learn about uh, jazz and how it relates to the Christian gospel. So if you got some more time, David, stick around. I think you'll enjoy this next half hour as well. We'll take a break and be right back with William Edgar. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.